0: A year ago, Kieran McInnesby agreed to lead Cumbernauld United into the new west of Scotland League. But after just seven games of a season cut short by COVID, he stepped down last week. We'll find out why he was unable to continue in the hot seat and whether he's looking for a quick return to the game. He's got a pedigree too after leading Clydebank back into the top flight. And we'll take a look back at his two and a half years at the Bankies helm as well. Kieran wasn't the only manager to move on last week. Davey Irons left Stenhouse Muir and joins us later in the show as well, as does his successor, Stephen Swift, who took over from BSC. And with Paul away, we have former Airdrie Director of Football, Stuart Miller, sitting in as co host. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Stuart, thanks for stepping in. It's been a couple of months since you left Airdrie now. Uh, What have you been up to? Been doing a bit
1: for Albion Rovers, Gareth. Obviously, I left in the middle of February. Uh, It was just uh, I decided to quit uh, for reasons that probably best keep to myself. Uh, I think you've always got to do things with dignity. but It was a job that I loved. I loved every minute of it and uh, for about 20, 22 months out the, the two years I was there. It was a magnificent job and I loved it, uh, but it was the right time to quit. And since I quit, I've been doing a bit for Albion Rovers, back to my roots. I've been watching the opposition. I have high regard for the people in the boardroom uh, and outside the boardroom at Albion Rovers. And I just wanted to help in kind of my local club, although, although my club was Airdrie and still is Airdrie, uh, the local rivals are Albion Rovers uh, and the chairman, Ian Benton, that I know really well, uh, Ronnie Boyd, Colin Woodburn, the secretary, Brian Reid's there as manager, David Johnston, uh, who I took to Stranraer and Air United in the past uh, as fitness coach. So I was one to help them. Uh, uh, they're a smashing club. Uh, I hope they don't mind me saying that financially they've probably not got a lot, but they would give you everything that they've got. Uh, And I was just wanting to help them. And uh, so I've been going and watching the opposition. If I've helped in any small way, uh, then I'm delighted about that. Uh, And now that they're safe, then it means they can look forward to next season uh, still in League Two.
0: Good stuff. Glad to have you along tonight. A quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization or event. They now offer website services, too. They make creation personal and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com. We'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player, too. Back to the show, and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.
1: My name's Jamie Sanderlands,
2: manager of Whitburn Juniors. You're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Former Clydebank and Cumberland United boss Kieran McInnesby is with us this week. Thanks for being with us, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. We'll chat some more in a moment, but before we do, we've got the down-the-divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. So I'll bring you you two guys in on this. Don't, don't, uh, don't tell us your answer just yet. Uh, this week's club has won the Scottish Cup three times but hasn't won it for 140 years. They were founders of the Scottish Football League. World War Two forced them to join the junior ranks, and they won their sole Scottish Junior Cup in the 1950s. Don't all jump at once here.
3: Can <laughs> like a math question? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, can I pass on that, Gareth? <laughs> uh,
0: we'll reveal all at the end of the show.
1: My
4: name's Tommy Sloan, Auckland Talbot manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Former Clyde Bank and Cumbernauld United boss Kieran McInnesby is on the show. Kieran, I started off uh, at the show there talking about your departure from Cumbernauld. Tell us a bit more about that. Was I mean, you, you took over a year ago, I guess. The plan back then was to sort of hang about longer, but did, did COVID kind of affect things?
3: Yeah, I think it's just it, it, you just constantly on tender hooks as to what's going to happen. Um, I'm a face-to-face guy and, and like do my business that way, and you can get a gauge on people's reaction and body language when you're talking to them and. There was just no opportunity to do that when you are trying to bring in players and and then we were about to start the season and we'd eight first team players walk out on us, which not a lot folk realise, um we well, nine even, um, the week before the duty start. So we then had to go and rely on loan players, uh, young lone players with two from Stern Arwen and two from uh, Queen of South, you know, excellent Prospects, um, just no experience. Um, tapped into the amateur uh, ranks as well to help us, uh, Dale Fulton and, and Ryan Money. Um, again, excellent, excellent. But it's just a setback. You don't have time to build, and then it's, you know, setback again. You stop, start. So it was a, it was a, it was a tough kind of time to take over as a, as a, as a, as a manager. Um, George was brilliant, the was great, you know, seeing what, what Colin and I wanted to do. Um, but just try to implement that, kind it's almost like a part-time, part-time, because you're not, you're not contributing, you're not getting out and about that you would normally do as Stuart would tell you. You're always out if you're managing, you're going to watch training, you're going to watch games, you're going to speak to people, you're on the phone all the time. But because nothing was happening, you couldn't really do anything, you couldn't, there was no conversation. You know, and another thing as well with players for this season had then decided that because there was no season going to uh, start or, or, or finish, the teams that pulled out. Those that maybe went on loan agreed to remain another year. So essentially, they're going to try and fulfil a, a season with the, the respective club. So then the market now is going to be absolutely stagnant. There'll be nothing happening, very little movement because of that. Um, I just kinda of got scunner for the whole year. I just kinda of lost my, my appetite to manage the, the, the back end of it, you know, just doing all the dirty work and um I just kinda of, I just I lost my, my buzz for it. You know, I love I love coaching. I do I love I love coaching, I love being on the training ground with players and working with players. Um, but just the rest of it, I just I didn't want the stress, I just couldn't bother the stress, I just kinda of thought, you know, What's going to happen? Where, going to, where is this going to take us? And what's going to happen in six months' time or three months' time? Is it going to start again, back to square one? So there were lots of uh, factors that kind of brought to, to my, my attention. I thought, do I want to go through that? Another factor was, well, my wife's going back to work. And, you know, again, to kind of clarify, when, when you're working with football, you're, when you're in, you're all in. And you're, you're constantly engrossed by what you're doing. And, and I'm, I'm not different from anybody else. If I miss a training session because of my shifts at work, it kills me, even particularly on a Thursday, you know, if I'm a night shift and I can't get to training, um, and that's my last day for preparation for a match, and it's and if my wife went back to work with with very little child care just now um, for for various reasons, and if I have to pull out a training session, you know, it's just it's not going it's not going to look good, you know, because um, she's back at work and she needs to get back to work you know, one for a sanity and two for obviously financial reasons, because she's been away, she works in the beauty industry. Um, so I just thought, do I want that responsibility of, you know, letting the chairman down, because I can't make it, letting the players down, because I can't make it, you know, last minute. The t-? It would never it would never happen on Saturday, because we'll always have covered on a Saturday, or um, childcare for Saturdays, but I just, it kind of got trash days, like, do I want the whole stress? Do I want to, you know, put myself under pressure for for what, you know, to worry about, you know, football? So I just kind of thought, I spoke to James, it's not fair. It's not fair on, on, on the club for me to be half-hearted. It's not fair on the players. Um, and I just said, look, I think it's time, I, you know, I'm going to step away from, from management, just you know, the whole management side of things. So um, just need to see where, where, where it takes us. From there but it, it, George was, was very supportive. Um with the relationship with George. It's a good ideas for the club, but they say just that this that whole year's just taken a lot out of me. Just just it's just killed my buzz for like management, you know.
0: Do you regret going in there or do you think you might be if you hadn't have gone in you might be sitting here now thinking, Oh, should I should you know, I wish I'd gone in or it was no, a not necessarily no, no, I don't I don't have any regrets in any anything I've done in life,
3: um particularly in football. It was just, it, it, the opportunity came um, a lot earlier than anticipated, because I'd take my time out from Clyde Bank and I joined the fire service. And then Andy Freeman contacted me and said, look, do you come in and help us? And this is." and the I says, yeah. He, three, he tried three times. And uh, I says, right, okay. So I goes in and then the, the whole COVID situation kind of affected him um, with his business. So he knew that when it came back, around he was gonna to have to be investing all his time into that and plus he obviously he's, he's a young family as well so he made that decision to step away and well, I was I was quite happy to step away with him but he said look I right, you should go for it. Um spoke to George and he was happy for me to continue on he like continuity. Um and we, we went with that but again it was just just a very unrealistic surreal situation that we're faced with. Um he said "Take kinda of make do what was there and as I say, just the time it dragged out, just all those little factors that you expect that, that would be there for you as, as a manager, that you, you know, but they're not. And key things for me is, as I say, I'm a people's person, I'm face-to-face, I like doing my business and I'm not, I just, I thought I'm not what phone people all the time to, you know, to make a decision because they tell you what you want, you know, so, um, that's the conversation. We just decided that it was, you know, I'm going to step away from management.
0: Stuart, you've, you've also managed Cumbernauld. Uh, c- can you understand where Kieran's coming from there with, with uh, the commitment this season and, and uh, finding the COVID situation so difficult? Absolutely,
1: Gareth. Uh, I can understand any manager, uh, regardless of what level you're at. You know, we, we, we had issues, obviously, in the senior ranks. Uh, I've spoke before about... Uh, it's diluted football without the fans you know it's just diluted football uh we we had uh the, the starting 11 changing in one dressing room the subs in another dressing room uh they you know they, they hadn't to arrive until a certain time they then get tested you know temperature tested They sit apart uh there was no food for them uh, Basically, everything. that was, no
3: was no showers at our level. No, no,
1: absolutely nothing either, Kieran. you know. And, and, you know, even even touching the tape for your socks and things, you know, you had to be careful. There was hand gel everywhere. I mean, Airdrie were very, very good uh, dealing with the COVID issues. But, uh, again, you know, you could only do what you could. And and so I have the utmost respect for any any coach, any manager, and and players and staff that have had to deal with what they've had to deal with over the last year or so. It's uh, very, very difficult. I mean, as Kieran says, you you want to speak to players, you know, be it existing players or, or potential uh, potential new signings. You want to speak to them face to face. You know, I had a situation at the end of last season where I had to phone players and tell them they were getting released. Now, now out of that, there was about 12 or 13 guys in full-time contracts. That's a livelihood. And, and, and you don't want to be doing that. You want to meet them face to face and give them reasons. And, you know, because very, very difficult uh, uh, for anyone losing their job, as I said, especially when it's full time at that. But you couldn't do that. They just phoned people and let them know. And a lot of them were young reserve players as well, because, again, the knock-on effect was that Airdrie didn't have a reserve team. You know, our mm-hmm. reserves won the Reserve League Cup. The season before you know a terrific achievement and, and, and thankfully one or two have broken through into the first team squad uh, but you, you're having to, to kill the dreams of some young boys uh, yeah. and that's a horrible horrible situation to be in uh, Cumbernauld uh, are a club that's close to my heart I mean Kieran I was there in 1998 to 2003 I was there for five years and uh, before I went as assistant manager at Stranraer, we knew what. Uh, George. George was already there. George and Ronnie Hunter uh, basically ran the club at the time. George, a lovely guy, uh, and and to be fair, we, we had we had a smashing time there because they'd been relegated the year before and they, they couldn't get any worse, to be totally honest. So we won three promotions there and uh-huh. got them into. It was the time the Super League was starting up. Uh, and we, I think the top, the bottom four or something in the league, uh, the central Premier League, were getting relegated, and we finished kind of fifth bottom, and that got us in the kind of second half of the Super League, as such. Mm-hmm. So, h- huge. Uh, memories of, of Cumbernauld United uh, and in fact I bumped into George I think last year or the year before an Albion Rovers game uh, of all places uh, just a nice man who's got the best interest of the club at heart yep. uh, but I totally understand and can relate to what Kieran is talking about, it's so difficult for guys and I don't blame I don't blame anybody for saying for, for deciding what their priorities are in life and right now that it's no football as we know it
0: yeah I mean Kieran you, I think you played seven league games and, and didn't manage to win any of them do you think that a big part of that reason was obviously you, you talk about the losing players at the last minute but do you think that kind of uh, not apathy is the wrong word but that like lack of enthusiasm because you haven't been able to do it properly and the players feeling likewise maybe fed into that
3: yeah, well, the, the, we, we did actually, we won the first game, we played of okay. and won 3 Um, but then Bob stepped out, so we, everyone who played Burb had lost the points and the goals, so the, the, you could see the players, they were completely disheartened, it, it was like, you know, we like the whipping boys. You um, can't
1: build anything, Gareth, that's the problem, you know, yeah. you can't build, you, managers, And coaches love from week to week. If you lose, then the next week, oh, we've got a chance to rectify it. You know, if you get a one, you say, all right, let's go on a wee run here. We can get two, three wins in a row and pushes right up the league. So you're always striving for something, but you can't build anything with stop-start and yeah. you know, knowing what players you've got available to you. You don't know if you've got training facilities. It's virtually impossible. you know. So, as again, total sympathy for what Kieran had to to try and, and achieve at Cumbernauld.
3: The thing for me, the way I look like at football, is, is, is creating habits. And you know you can get into a habit of winning, and people always talk about that. You know you're, you gain that momentum of winning games. You understand how to, you know get a, get over the line, the, the, the kind of last minute winner. But it's the same effect when you're when you're losing. You get into the habits of losing, and it's the It's just a, it's just the opposite mindset. Whereas you know you're going to you know get forward, get across, get a chance, get a goal. The, the negative of that is oh, they're going to get a chance. They're going to lose a goal and constantly have that, and then Stuart says you, you expect it week by week. It's like, I'm going to rectify it, I'm going to rectify it, change it, change it, change it. The other, in the player's mindset, it's like, here we go again, here we go again, and then they a the, the habit of, of losing games. But the flip side of that as well for, for coaches is, is like do you, what do you do? Do you change your, your ethos? Do you change your, your philosophy? You know, change your strategies and how you want to go about your business, and then it kind of defeats the purpose of what you've tried to teach them. Um, for me, it's about developing players and educating them. So I'm like, well, let's try and play football the right way, and then it's to we go try and be more effective? Um, and you know, I'd never, I'm not one for going like direct. It's not my style. Um, but I understand the level we're at, you have to try and look to be effective as opposed to you know, nicey nicey. So then the, the, the negative start to sit in the, the player's mindset of, you know, he keeps changing his mind, he keeps, is, is he the right mindset? Do you know, what? so it's the, the negatives flow right around the whole, the whole kind of uh, environment um, because of the habit you've got into losing games because it's you, you try to find the right formula. Um, and sometimes it's, it's just not there and sometimes you, you do need more time. Yeah. But it is... It's, it's, for me, it's about habits. You can have good habits and you have bad habits, and positive and negative. And you know, unfortunately, we were in a negative um, mindset, poor run of games, and just couldn't get out. Um, you know, the, the, the run or that rut that w- they were in, and it just became hard and harder. You know, and as I said, you were you were asking young boys there that you know experience, you know, talented boys with you know try to gel teams, players together, and. There's no t- to work on any tactics or set pieces because I just want to keep them, you know, engaged, you know, and try to join training to keep their spirits up. So I didn't really want to go into kind of tactical stuff when it's kind of monotonous and you want to stand around and talk, 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 talk. So just look, just come in, train, keep keep engaged, keep happy, keep enjoying it, work hard and we'll see what it takes us. And, you know, we were listen, then the day, we weren't getting... We're getting battered every week. You know we're losing, but it would go great um, chances. Just weren't taking them, and then it just p- continues to put the defense on edge. And like I said, the mindset is they're going have a chance, when score. they gonna score. They're gonna have a chance, when you know they're gonna score as opposed to we get half a chance, we'll score. Um, but that's just you know this game's made up 85% in the mind. You know it's that's the biggest the biggest challenge is you've got a positive mindset. You could you know create and and you know. Achieve great things, but if it's in the negative and, and everyone's in that negative, then it's, it becomes a very difficult challenge. And I'm, you know, sure sure can testify that through his years in football that you've seen that, you know, happen a few times.
0: Tony Tony Fraser's gone in there this week. Is, is yeah. it a big job for him then to, to 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 turn that around?
3: It's going to be a tough job, Gareth, because of the, because I see the, the the market is going to be very, I think it's going to be quite dormant, to be honest. There's not a lot, not very, very little movement because of players agreeing to stay with the respective clubs during the, the lockdown. Um, you have all the support for George to to, to try and rectify the situation. Um, most I see a lot of players moved on, um, so it's a, a, a big challenge. But I'm sure he's, he's got contacts again, um, and he's got the support of George to. To try, and, you know, bring in the players that he used to bring in to defend his, can I say, his uh, philosophy?
0: Was uh, was coaching something you always fancied? I think you you started off coaching at Glen Afton in 2016. Yeah. Was it something yeah. you always you'd always had a, an interest in, or did it come latterly in your in your playing days? Well, I've always been one of those players that
3: um, were kind of focused. I was lucky enough when I, when I grew up in an era where senior players would would help you, and you you you, you trained with senior players, you played reserves with senior players and the experience you gained off of them just by them talking to you and, and I always remember uh, when I was at St Johnston, Philip Scott would always come and sit, Philip Scott and Scott Young and all the, the senior boys would come in and sit with you and just chat to you and I've always been like that right through my career trying, you know, help players kind of give them little bits that I was given you know, Remember recognising something in them that I did when I was younger and you know, help them based on information I was given. I wasn't one for giving like, tactical information, that was never my place I knew where I stood because I was a player um, but then as I got older uh, I got to a situation, I was at Peter Sill and, and Craig McEwan informed me and said listen um, I spoke to Willie and you know, we know, bringing him down as a coach and I've known Saudi for years and I thought, do you know what I, it's, I think it's time, I am getting that age in my career that I wanted to go and try and give something back, test myself, see where I was at. We did bits and bobs and training the clubs, but nothing to the extent where there was a more responsibility that, you know, that fell with me and I loved it. I loved coaching and I went down to Linaft the, the boys were extremely receptive of, of me coming in and, and, you know, giving my bits and bobs and towards training and, and I didn't really get much, and I didn't want to get involved in the, the, the match day stuff, that was more uh, South but I think uh, in regards to that, I kinda, I'm respectful of, of you know, where I go and my position. I don't overstep my line anyway. So, but no, I just felt that was uh, the next path for me to, to go on. Cause I love football. I grew up just loving football, and then uh, just obviously my it didn't take me to where it should have taken me to. And then I think it's, it's the next best thing is getting, you know, giving back to what you've learned, and hopefully I've picked things up throughout the managers I've worked with. Thankfully, I'm, I've been very fortunate. That I've worked some. Top top managers that I've picked up some stuff and hopefully I can put that back into the game by, by coaching um, these the players at, at whatever level I get a chance to work at.
0: I mean, you you went to Clyde Bank after Glen Afton, and uh, I mean it sounded like it was a bit of a torrid torrid start for you, but then it obviously kind of came came good. And you know, I mean, how, how did talk us back to those early days? Were you thinking what have I what have I done here? Well, how do you do no, no, again, just
3: based on what, what I was um, talking about earlier on, you've got to stick to your guns in the sense of what you want to achieve. Because then, if you don't, you, you then start doubting yourself, I think. And then, you know, it's. I was. My sister, at the time, we then again just try to change the formula. I was trying to find the right formula with, with formations and, and, and uh, personnel. But the, the idea was still the same. But then again, you get to a stage where. Your strategy isn't working or your ethos in that isn't working. Um and they're going to triple to nice and icy football and, and you've got to be effective and say like this is we've got six games left to try and turn this around and you know, thoughts that they won the last six. Um mm. which gave us a chance to um finish second and get promotion. So it was uh, turned out alright and then we also got into the at the top league, but no, we we, we stuck to our guns um, t- to a certain extent, but we managed to find the right formula and and, and get ourselves up to um, the top league. But you get to stage stage you go, what's happening here? Like, really, what has happened? But you know, thanks for the boys pulled through and, and, and got us into the, the prem. dream.
0: you mean tell us more about that two and a half year spell there obviously we all know about the history of Clyde Bank yes. was, was there an extra I don't know an, an extra pressure do you, do you think going into a club like that because of, of where they had been and I guess ultimately where they wanted to get back to
3: not necessarily Gareth because um, there was no pressure from the board um, there was the pressure was really from myself from my assistant Marco at the time what we want to achieve but me growing up where I grew up that was my, my local team you know I had a Clive Bank top actually you know I scored my first senior goal against claybank which I mentioned in my day in my, my interview and nearly like kicked out the room um, but uh, <laughs> and then I told them I also rejected them to sign for Bells Hill <laughs> I was asked to leave um, by Matt Banford, but uh, I don't know if it was serious or not but um, no it's it's you know that the, the history that sits there, and, and you know what they wanted to achieve, and did they mention that in the interview? And um, you know, I'm a very ambitious coach, and I want to achieve success. I had a lot of success as a kid when I, you know when I played, but then got bits and bobs in my career. But um, you know, I, I strive for success, and I want to try and do that. And the main aim for me was always, as, um, as I said earlier on, I, I want to develop players, educate them um given you know the fundamentals and how you, how to play football the right way, um, instill good habits in them and also change the culture um from, you know, the junior mentality and taking it back to, you know, the, the days of you as they say and, and getting back looking professional and it's it was little things that did that and I managed to you know managed to achieve that, you know. The culture now. The, the biggest thing we got was the, the facility. You know, we really pushed for that to get that the facility in place, which would allow they off now to go and work towards because the, the work they put in, put in in the background was was immense to you know, the committee. Um, Grace and Matt and Caskey and old Ronnie and Stooky, a lot of them. Honestly, everyone and they were, they were really really good to me. And I've been back a couple of times and very very welcome, you know, back and. It's we we went in the first went in and I, I used the the analogies I was like a stepdad after Budgie leaving I was like no, look they make some budgie was here since you know the the the, re, you know, the reform and I was like it always looked to me it's just like you're not my real dad that's how that's how they looked at us you know I was like you're not Budgie, you're not my real dad so that's what we looked at I was like the stepdad getting taken over when we first started but after a after time they, they realise what, what we wanted to try and achieve and they kind of again changed the culture from top to bottom and they all bought into it you know and, and I think now Grace will, and the guys will tell you that that's, that's the little things that create these little uh, you know the positive and uh, professional environments and, and they're still maintaining that just now and more for the exact same you know very high standards and wants to continue that and you know, and they say that the work they put in the background is absolutely incredible, which will allow them off to you know, hopefully take them into the next
0: level. Did you did you leave with a heavy heart?
3: Oh, I, I was devastated. I was gutted because I never thought in my life that I'd, I, I would choose work over football. I, I, family would always come first, I knew that, but my wife was pregnant um, and I was starting the fire service at the same time. My wife actually gave birth my very first day of fire service, um, my training. And I just knew that the, the intensity of the training that was going to come by the fire service, obviously the, the time I need to invest into my family. Um, and I couldn't see myself go to fire training at 7 o'clock in the morning, half 6 in the morning, and then going straight to Clyde Bank training and my wife stuck in the house, and um, uh, two girls, so two, under two. So I just had to make that conscious decision and say, listen, I need to, uh, um, I need to step back. No, because I need, I need to focus on uh, the the fire service and obviously my daughters. So, I but look, listen, that that's that's football. You know, things come and go and you move on and you've got to make decisions at the right time and, and ho- hopefully it's the right decision.
0: Can you empathise with that, Stuart? Uh,
1: absolutely, Gareth. Uh, we've all got to make decisions in life and, uh, Kieran's obviously, you know, his family comes first, especially a young family. Uh, <laughs> I had to make the same decisions. Only thing is, I chose football, uh, and you know, my two girls are are, are, are well grown up, 26, 22 now, uh, and their mother's done a fantastic job in their upbringing. Uh, it got to the stage, I think, when I get sacked by Clyde in two thousand eleven. Uh, there was nothing in the go for about forty-six weeks, and they actually hated having me around the house on a Saturday. They've mm-hmm. become that used to you not being there uh, that they've got their own routine, and they don't want you there. I'm just an inconvenience. Yeah. Uh, so but I totally sympathize with what Kieran's saying you know and especially at that level it's not it's not as if you're getting 5 grand a week and things like that you know you've you've got to get an income for your family yeah uh, and most of the time you, you do things for the expenses you know and and sometimes the expenses actually equate to the time that you're putting in but but very rarely uh so, no, totally, totally understand and sympathise. Uh, Although, probably when he was a kid at 16, 17, or getting the, the big money move to Fulham, he, he would never have thought, you know, 20 years later that he would need to sacrifice, you yeah. know, giving up football, you know. So, it, it, it's just decisions you've got to make in life, and the family comes
0: first, and, and rightly so, always should do. Uh...
3: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, 100%.
0: Do you think um, you'll look to get back in if and when the COVID situation settles down? Are you, I mean, would you look to get back in now? Presumably not, because you'd just be going back into a, a similar situation to the one you've you've left.
3: Um, well, I, I see I've, I've um, I want to try and stay, stay alongside get back into coaching. Um, I've, had a, I've had a couple of phone calls since obviously it got announced and um to I out the fuck, colour phone call before it got announced, but um, after I told the boys, <laughs> but um, I say I've I've, I've, I've not, I've, I've spoken to a few folk, and I've I've not really made i made some decisions, but it's got to be right for me, you know, and I think I'll, I'll look at i will say I'm weighing it up this week, um, and maybe make a make a decision over the next couple of days and, and see what, what the cue is. So um, but it just means it just coaching. And it just means that there'll be less responsibility, less stress, kind of a freer movement in regards of when working. Um, you know, if I have to, you know, uh, I can't get uh, childcare. Um, so we'll just need to see how it, how it pans out. But I've got a couple of options. We'll just need to see what they do is over the next
0: year or two. And in between times, uh, you mentioned uh, Gordon Moffat at uh, Clyde Bank. Uh, I mean they were having a a good season weren't they when when things came to an end have you been impressed with how he's kind of carried things on there
3: totally yeah Um, we played him and he's uh, some really really good players Um, you know went and and raided his old team at Rossville and took some top players with him Um, I I, I like I like how how he goes about his business he's very um, he's very methodical in what he does and kind of very similar to to Swifty, you you talk to him later on, and you talk about investment and time. I don't think the guy sleeps. So he just he, he he loves football. Um, but I, he, he had me Coburny. My, my first junior club. and Again, he's he, how you go about his business. He's you know meticulous and meticulous in what he does. Um, he's just hundred percent involvement in, in the football, and he deserves his opportunity. And, and and I wish him all the very best. Um, but seeing him off, you know, again, his his ideas are right. He's the players have put into what he's doing. Um, still, a couple of boys that, that that I brought in that are still there. That he, again, I suppose that's kind of confident he's kept them. Um, that he thinks are good enough for his his team as well. So and they'll take him forward. But no, he, I see he's got a, a um a lot of good ideas. Um, and again, that the board the committee have have put into it and and they'll support them as best they can. And again, you can see the club are going in the right direction, getting a licence. Um, so they've got the facility, which is exceptional, and they just continue to grow and grow, and hopefully the, the he's, a, the, he's the man that takes them back to where they belong.
1: Could you see Swifty at that time uh, progressing to, to be a senior manager? Cause obviously, Neil Watt and I had him at, at Stranraer as a player, and... In fact, we took him to Air United as well uh, when Neil got the job there, and I was assistant. Uh, he obviously was uh, absolute bonkers, you know. Uh, <laughs> he's,
3: still, he's still he's still bonkers. I think I, think he's, uh, I say was have not worked with him. As I have only the one season with him, but definitely, definitely, see. He obviously had that senior experience, um, but he's how he goes about his business, how he conducts himself. He was just. See, he was very methodical on what he did. Um, I think that was his first Man Zero gig. I think the Coburn gig. So, yes. Um, you know, we could tell he was obviously finding his way, but he had a good bunch of experienced boys here to, to, to work with that they could you know help him um, along those ways. Um, but now you could definitely see even when I we played against him at BSC as well in friendlies.
1: He did a remarkable job, Ciarán, at, at BSC, you know, to to achieve uh, what he's achieved, uh, especially in the Scottish Cup there. He had a couple of good runs uh, and, and the the high league positions that he had in the Lowland League. He's done a terrific job and, again, with the greatest respect, the resources that he would have there compared to, to a few others in that division, yeah. uh, you know, are I'm not
3: worth comparing, not to be honest. Good. The, the good thing, and again, you'll testify to this, that all managers can go to a team and have their ideas and have their, their aspirations, and you know, look to fulfil their, their, their fantasy. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get buy-in for the for the for the board, mm-hmm. you're, you're peeing in the wind. You know, <laughs> you could say, "Ah, you crack on, you'll do that," but you you need that.
1: You need the resources, you need yeah. to be given the tools need, to do you know, the job. You
3: know. and, and as you say, like the BSC is a decent budget, but compared to like say,
5: Kelty, co Bonnie yeah. it, it's, it's it, it wasn't as strong as theirs. No,
3: he's, he's trying to build something there, which is you know, again, he's given that support from the board because they've seen what he wants to do, they, they, they want to you know support him. Uh, and, He's, what he wants to achieve and what he wants to aspire to do because at the end of the day it's, it reflects better on them that, you know, his ambition, his drive, his vision, that they support that because if they want to, you know, they want to achieve what he wants to achieve, let's, let's be honest, they're not going to, you know, I think probably a couple of years away from, you know, challenging at the top to actually get into the league too um, but it's not to say that he, they can't get there, you know, again, they young aspiring manager they want to do a business manager they want to do well or even an experienced manager that can you know, get them over the line but it's when they get to that point you know it's all about you know, sustaining the, the, the levels because mm-hmm. you get up the leagues you get there but then the next thing they do is they write back down again because of not prepared properly for future
1: to be honest even going back to Cumbernauld in my early days that 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 was the case that the hill was getting steeper and steeper that you know it's okay winning promotion getting up to the higher league but you then lose players you know and, and you sell players or players go senior or whatever but the hill gets steeper and steeper and you're pushing the barrel up that hill and it becomes virtually impossible, it needs a number of things to happen. It needs investment from the club or it needs a, a new manager coming in, you know, to bring fresh ideas or new players. Yeah. Uh, very difficult. I'm sure Swifty made mistakes at Colburn that, that he's learned from. Uh, I think BSC should take a lot of credit as well. George and Kenny there are... Uh, you know their selling point when they're trying to entice a new manager at present is, by the way, we've just put a, a manager senior. You yeah. know that that is a huge incentive for anybody wanting to join the club. It shouldn't there be if you get an extra five, ten pounds here or there in your 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 envelope or wage packet. It's about by the way, come to us. That's what I always used to say to players. You know, oh such and such went senior. They signed for Ayr, They signed for Clyde. They signed for East Stirling. You know, whatever it may be. You know, yeah. come and you, you know you'll always get the next player in. And in BSC's situation, they'll always get a, a very appealing manager in because they've managed to get Swifty. You know, uh, senior. Yeah. No, 100 I saying, it's it's again, it's about building the
3: reputation. You know, creating that so that and again I go back to Clay Bank and you know what we try to try to do at it, at it is that you, you create a reputation because for the vast the fraternity the football is it's tiny. Mm-hmm. And you want to you want the players to talk to each other and say, baby you get yourself down here. You may not get as much money as you get X, Y, and Z Yeah. But tell you what you'll you'll love the training, the Gaffer's top man, the committee are brilliant, your fans are brilliant and the pitch is you know, all these good all these little things are really, really important to, to be a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. You know, your training kit done for you, you just turn up and everything's done for
1: you. All these little things are massive. But Co- mate, you know yourself, Ciarán, nowadays, you know, and I've had a director of football at Airdrie, and Stranraer, and the recruitment at Dumbarton that... Players players will drive an extra hour to get an extra ten pound a week, I'm afraid, you know. It's uh, no just about facilities, you know, it's no about trying to entice them there with the manager's personality, people skills or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. The, 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 with the greatest respect they'll travel to Annan they'll travel to Estranra for an extra £10 you know and, yeah. and it, 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 sometimes you know it, it's not the right decision you know and, and you, you know
3: what sometimes then, what that tells you they're not they're not the type of people you watch at your
1: football club yeah correct you know right uh, away.
3: and again how can, you can't do it over a phone
1: that's getting back to what you're saying face to face, looking straight you know, it's the same with an older player you know, I signed at Cumbernauld Wally Waters Uh Uh, Wally Waters was as good a finisher in the lower leagues as what there was I played with Wally at Clyde uh, and (laughs) he said to me I wouldn't mind finishing my career at Cumbernauld and I went, oh Right, okay. It's a club you always wanted to play for. Right enough, you know. So, uh, and I, I, I looked at Wally, and I, I, feel, I, no, no, I want to, I want to come here. It didn't it cost us a lot of money? I think it came from Mary Hill. In fact, I think Neil, I think Neil, so Neil gave us them, uh, right. and it came and. Wally lasted about six games, and he came to begging. I'm done. My, my knees are can't, can't move. I said, as "Long as it been like that, off oh, for about two years." I went, "Right, thanks, Wally." You know, so. Uh, but I'm really pleased I came and played for you for six games. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but ah, listen, th- 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 that's a kind of jovial story. But but there's there is older players that come and take a wage and basically steal a living. You know what I mean? When they know themselves. A, they can't give you that commitment, and B, they're actually done. So it, it's working, working out when they're actually done, you know? Yeah. Just,
0: just while we're on the kind of uh, talking about Swifty getting his appointment, um, other news today, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. Uh, disciplinary proceedings have been launched against East Fife for pulling out of that game uh, last night after Clyde suffered uh, one positive test. Uh, you're shaking your head, Kieran?
1: I just like uh... right. Kieran shaking his head, but I'll actually put a voice to it because <laughs> uh, I've no shook my head yet, right? Because Kieran was too busy shaking his. Uh, I-, I find it unbelievable, Gareth. I really do. I really do find it unbelievable that that, that there's an inquiry and in to see if these five are going to get any bother with us. My my understanding, right, and, and, and I'm here to be corrected, is senior teams get tested usually on a Saturday after a game. And that test, again, amazingly, lasts seven days. And the next time they're tested is obviously the following Saturday at the end of the game. So, for example, Albion Rovers players get tested on the Saturday after the game, that qualifies them for the next Saturday and so on and so on. Uh, Clyde were up at Peterhead on Saturday Uh, so therefore very difficult to get tested after the game. So something's happened, either they've not been tested on the Sunday and they've left it to the Monday uh, and the results have come in half an hour before the kick-off on the Tuesday. Uh, Again, my understanding is that the, the player that tested positive was a sub for Clyde. He also was a, a sub on the Saturday against Peterhead. He's been in the dressing room, getting ready, went out, did the warm-up, and then the results have come in. Right. Uh, I think Darren Young and East Fife is a club and players are totally within their right not to go on and play that game. Yeah, because Darren had, sorry, Kieran, Darren had said that three or four players' partners are expecting. Yeah, there's also a situation as well where three or four of the players, including Darren Young himself, are self-employed. Yep. you know, so. I think they're well within their right to refuse to play the game. I said, I'm only basing it on what, what I've been told and, and you know, if, if it is different, then we'll find that out in the next day or two. But I'm amazed that the results didn't come in. The results take 24 hours to be processed and, and we all were using the same company as such. Uh, so something's happened. Uh, if... Clyde obviously knew the results prior to the game, i.e. the day before, then and the boy was positive they would not have allowed him to turn up at the stadium. No, not at all, uh, yeah. So so that that's certainly what I know about it. Uh, yeah. but I just I'm absolutely appalled that East Five. I hope common sense prevails and yeah. and it gets chucked out because uh, I'll tell you <laughs> There's been one or two bad decisions over the last year or so, but this could be the worst ever, to be honest. I,
3: I, no, that's exactly right. Um, and one of, the, one of the wives that's pregnant is, is a friend of my wife. Um, so when she hurts, my wife doesn't mind about football, you know, and, and she's just out for me ten past three on a Saturday afternoon when I played. Um, so she right away saying, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, she's pregnant that's a big risk if that player walks in and, and mm-hmm. catches it or you know whatever and, and for one they're, they're, they're continuing to say you know keep your distance and do what you need to do and follow the protocols and every club is doing everything they can because to, to, they had to do that to, to get us back playing again you know since to, to follow the, the, the guidelines that were given um, and they've done it so whatever's happened as Stuart says there's, there's obviously been um a flaw in, in the movement of what's been going on, um which has allowed this to happen because the day, if the boy knew he had symptoms or the boy knew he was positive, he wouldn't have turned up. He wouldn't have, you know that's right. put himself in a position like that that's going to be detrimental to the rest of his team or even the, the opposing team because ultimately it could have well, I don't know what's going to happen if there's repercussions of that, but if he comes in and then turns out the client lose points, you know, and along those lines or whatever, but it's um the fact that it, the fact that's even brought up, but then reading the statements, there's there's it's like uh, a wee bit of tension in the statements from from both clubs. So uh, as Stuart said, I, I really do hope common sense prevails and that's it, it just it just resets you know the replay. It, um, it, you know, all is convenience. I understand, obviously the 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 impact it's going to have on, obviously, games because of the amount it's been crammed in. I'm David Gomley, manager at Rossville Football Club, and you're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Stenhouse-Muir have also changed managers. Davy Irons left with BSC manager Stephen Swift installed in his first senior role. Well, what next for Davy? We're delighted to say he joins us now. Thanks for being with us, Davy. Pleasure. Nice to see you, Gareth and Stuart. Sorry to hear uh, your news this week. Um, It was announced as mutual consent. Had had you been contemplating leaving um, so soon?
2: (laughs) I think when that quote mutual consent comes out, I think you've both been in the game long enough to know what that really means. Stenish Muir decided to change direction and um, basically sacked me, so... Um, disappointing, obviously. Nobody likes losing their job, and you know, especially this year of all years. I thought it was a difficult time for everybody—players, coaches, directors, everybody. You know, media, you name it. It was difficult for everybody. So I was a bit—I was not surprised because nothing surprises me. Because we'd had a bit of a doing on the Thursday night to ra on a Stuart's old teams um, gave us a really good bit of a doing, and. Uh, but I got the phone call Saturday morning to come and meet the chairman. So I knew I wasn't going for a cup of coffee, put it
0: that way. <laughs> so. Did it further disappoint you, the fact, I mean, you, you'd you gone back in a couple of times, hadn't you, to, I don't know whether help them out the right word, but, you know, you'd gone in, in their hour of need a little bit. And maybe did you think it was your hour of need in a sense and, and you deserved a little bit more time than, than they gave you?
2: Yeah, you're right in terms of they contacted me and asked me if I'd help them out. And there was, listen, you know, professional football you're always you're always looking for an opportunity and it, I saw that as an opportunity when they asked me to help them out and um, so no I was happy to go back and um, enjoyed my time there uh, I just thought this year of all years to be judged over a small period of, of games because you know, we only came back at the end of kind of March and um, we'd only played we'd only played nine games or ten games I think it was and then um uh, Obviously, we won the first two when we came back, so I've looked at it and I thought, well, they've only really given me six games after that. Um, One against Queen's Park, one against Kilmarnock. Um, And then they've decided to change things. But listen, I'm big enough and old enough to appreciate that clubs make decisions on all sorts of reasons. But as I say, I thought it was a wee bit disappointing to be judged on this year of all years.
0: And I take it you're, you're quite keen to to get back in the game. I know you've had time out of football before, but would, would you look to to get back in as soon as possible?
2: Basic say yes, Gareth. Um, but as you both know, Stuart as well, he'll tell you it's it's not easy to get back in. It's not about when you want to get back in. It's how do you get back in? It's you're waiting on some somebody else falling in the similar my, method that I've been sacked. So. Yeah, I'd like to, Gareth, but as I say, I'm not going to hold my breath because I <laughs> I'd, I'd probably have a long wait to before another opportunity comes along.
0: Have you seen much of Stenhouse-Muir this season, Stewart? Uh, we played them in the Betfred Cup, Gareth, and,
1: and Stenhouse-Muir actually did very well against Edinburgh that night. It was a, a very even game, and to be fair, we. I think we just, I think it ended up 2-0, but it wasn't really a 2-0 game, to be totally honest. I thought Muir were fit, uh, well organised, as you would expect, under David, and, and uh, they gave us a game. They gave us a game, considering they had to mainly full-time players as well. Uh, It was a hectic schedule at that time, uh, the bet, Fred, because you were obviously just starting the weekend in the midweek and so on. So uh, just, I mean, I've known David 40 years or so playing against him when he was at Dunfermline, Partick, Clyde Bank and such like. A a very, very good player. Uh, And obviously when he went into the management coaching side of it, uh, got to know him well at Gretna. Uh, very, very humble. Uh, when when Stranraer won the league 2004, uh, when he was at Gretna, he was actually still playing as well. And I remember the game that we needed a point down at Stranraer, uh, and we got the point against Gretna. Uh, David came up to me and congratulated me uh, on on basically winning promotion at that time, and uh, his own club missing out. But that that shows you what the, the, the guy is made of. And thankfully, you know, I, I call him a friend and I have done for a number of years because, you know, the, the, the Davy Irons, I see at the side of the park going absolutely mental. There's no the Davy Irons <laughs> that I know. Uh, it, it, it's a very humble, professional, you know, self-assured, of course, but, but just a good guy, a good a good football guy that you that, that would want to be in his company any day of the week. Uh, so naturally, when I heard they would left Stennis Muir, uh, I got in touch uh, just to pass on my condolences. I mean, it's not a death or anything like that, but you know, but on the other hand, you know, David has uh, stopped doing what he enjoys. And I just hope his type, the type of guy he is, that he gets back in kind of quickly because he'll have a huge amount to offer any club in whatever capacity that he does. Uh, it just f- football people, Gareth, know who the good guys are in the game. You know, they know... Uh, Who's telling the truth and and who'll not let them down when you're in the trenches? Who you want with you? All this type of thing. And, and David is certainly somebody that throughout the years that that's never lacked in any of these things. So I certainly wish him the best of luck and you know and hope something crops up that suits him. I mean he's he's at an age. He's obviously a lot older than me, you know, but he's <laughs> he's at an age where where I think he should be picking his jobs rather than just. Taking any job the next time, you know there's there's only so many favors you can do. Uh, go go and, and and get a job that you're actually going to enjoy, you know, and and not have that kind of pressure. Uh, so fingers crossed that something crops up.
0: What uh, what kind of job do you think um, Stephen now has taking on that team, Davy? In terms of the squad you've left, in terms of the future, in terms of, I mean, you all know how many players are out of contract at the end of the season and such like.
2: Before I answer that, can I just thank Stuart for his his kind words? Um, he's just doubled his fee that he's he's getting
1: tonight.
2: <laughs> I'll pay the same as you,
1: Gareth. <laughs> well, uh, that'll no, be zero, thanks, David.
2: <laughs> no, it's mutual respect. As Stuart said, we've we've gone back many many years and we've kept in touch for all sorts of reasons over the years. And in fact, I remember I picked his brains just kind of prior to the start of the. Locked down, wondering what's going to happen And he was more than willing To give me his viewpoints Because I wasn't exactly getting answers From my club So he was the first person I thought of That would be able to answer Mm -hmm. So it's a mutual appreciation That's nice, thank you In terms of what you're saying Steve, I think it's a difficult time For a manager to go into a lower league club I think um, The new manager's obviously got a he's got two games I think he's taking team tomorrow night so he's got a couple of games to have a look but the majority and Stuart will know this as well the majority of players are on year to year contracts in league, league 2 so I would imagine that might be something that's probably beneficial to the new manager because he'll be able to bring in his own players over the summer without being kind of you know, laid down with players that maybe he doesn't particularly want to have at the club or you know, they're not contracted so um, it's maybe a good time in that respect um, I'm quite sure they'll, they'll watch the team tomorrow and they'll, they'll watch them again at Breakin, I think it's their last game and they'll make a decision on which players they want to keep but I think, off the top of my head I think there's three players are still contracted next year so, so he's got a big rebuild to do and um, I'm sure it'll be something that excites them. I wish them all the best in the job. As Stuart will tell you as well, I think lower league clubs, it's there's a lot of politics and there's a lot of characters mm. and there's a lot of opinions that get offered, whether you want it or not. Mm. And it's, I think that's something that at this level of football can be difficult to deal with. And as Stuart quite rightly said, it's it's not easy to get your jobs, and but at times you're when you go into a club and you think you've got to be dealing with certain things, you end up dealing with all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm sure you, you had that here, too, Stuart. You'd be dealing with all sorts of
1: stuff.
2: Oh. I'm sure he's got uh, two or three experienced guys with him, all rare connections. Stuart, as you probably know. Yeah, yeah right, Yes. I, and Fre- I, are right, yeah. I think they've, they've all gone in with him. So uh, The good thing is he's got his own people around him and I think that's really important when you you go into any job, but you've got people that you trust.
1: Did, did you were you planning a, a major rebuild then, David? Did you see that yourself, uh, that, uh, or did you think, think of, thinking about? Because we all know some players down tools, especially ones that have got promises uh, another move. You know, and sometimes you don't get that 100% commitment uh, if there's something else lined up and they don't want to get injured, especially if there's nothing to play for. You can't be promoted. You can't be relegated. Uh, Did you anticipate a major rebuild? Because when I've watched you and the the amount of good players you've got, I mean, you were as good as anybody in that division.
2: I think you might be given, and there's a said previous question you might be given a few opinions in relation to players which I think might be difficult to to -hmm. change um i.e board directors um I I wasn't if I was still there I I wasn't expecting to have a huge overhaul Stuart I was Mm -hmm. probably maybe three or four coming and going as you know happens every year um Mm -hmm. especially with the not making the playoffs this year Certainly would have been my intention to try and bring in a couple to make us better. But um, the problem that I see for Stephen is that there's preconceived opinions on players that he might not know as well as some of the people at the club. And these opinions may well influence whether they're going to get contracts or not from Stenich. Yeah.
1: And that's something you might end up regretting, you know, and especially if you're working within a budget where where that that budget could be better used, you know, and uh, elsewhere. But listen, that, that that's that, that's up to that's up to him uh, to make the right decisions. Recruitment's so vital it really is, you know. Nowadays it's uh, it's always been, you know, but the recruitment of the right types of type of players. Uh, make make huge difference, and then it's up to the likes of yourselves to coach them and 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 man manage them, which is obviously you know I can't remember much man management when we played. You know again I mean? <laughs> you, you did that that came from the senior players at the club. You know they man managed you, you know and 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 uh, all that. But uh, nah, it's it's sometimes nowadays you've got to lead them by the hand. Uh, uh,
2: no, you're right, Stuart, and I think. You mentioned our time when we played. You're right, managers. I think the manager's job now has become so much more difficult and challenging and demanding because you deal with all sorts of things. You're not just picking the team and training the boys like when we played. Even I'm sure when you managed with Neil down at Sunari, mm-hmm. you know you had good experienced players. You let them manage the players on the pitch, but now you're right. You're leading them by the hand, and <laughs> it's a different. It's a different animal you're dealing with now, um, and I think the difficulty, especially this year, you know, a lot of these players have they signed yearly contracts, but that contract has basically been 18 games, which is not in normal times that's half a season. Mm. And my argument to the club before I left was that you've made judgment on on players, which normally is half a season. You know, you're you're not being, I don't think you've been entirely fair on boys that I've put, put my confidence and trust in and bringing them into the club and they've ended up playing 18 games. Okay, they play out the split, but I mean they're probably irrelevant now. But 18 games is difficult. How can you judge a player on 18 games? And, you know, but
1: they, they don't get a chance, David, to know each other. I mean, I, I, no. that was the biggest problem we had at Airdrie. Uh, Apart from the the, the 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 starting eleven changing in one dressing room, the subs changing in our dressing room. We the the season before we had table tennis competitions, with darts competitions. You know, they all yeah. ate at the stadium because mainly yeah. they were three quarters full time. Uh, they got to know each other. They had nights out, they had Christmas do, different things. But the new players that came to the club, nobody's know any different for anywhere else. They don't get a chance to know that particular person. You know, I know. But, I know, you know, and and that's what's happened with with the COVID situation in the last year or so. So I I agree, it's very very unfair to judge because basically uh, it's been a spell in nine ten games, and then you've had the second spell uh, and and 22 games when they're used to playing 36. Uh, that's why you, you get some strange outcomes, uh, not just with results but with performance of players.
2: Like used to at the credit, got, got to go to the players. I mean, the schedule that we had a period of five games in ten days. You know, it was like, mm. you're asking boys to travel, to breaking in their cars on their own. You know, <laughs> get away from their work early. You know, it was, but we did it. You know, because they all wanted to play. But it's been a very tough year for everybody involved. So sooner it's over, I think the better for everybody.
0: Well, Davy, we uh, we hope you're back in the game soon and. Uh... Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Really appreciate it.
2: Pleasure to catch up with you, Gareth, and yourself, Stuart. Thank you,
0: David. All the
1: best, and hopefully speak to you soon.
0: Hello, my name's Willie Akinebra, manager of Garp Cairn. You're listening to Down the Divisions. As one man leaves, another one arrives. BSC boss Stephen Swift was appointed as Davy Iron's successor on Tuesday. They you one all with uh, Anna that night, and Stephen joins us now. Um, thanks for being with us. Um, I take it, it was a chance you couldn't turn down? No, no, it
4: was a great, great opportunity, and I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, obviously, there's not many managers that maybe go for the Lowland League or even like the West of Scotland to go and get the opportunity to, uh, to go into league football. So I'm very grateful to Stenhouse-Muir, and I just hope I, I repay them with doing a good job. Um especially next season. I'm obviously in charge for two games. Hopefully we can still get a couple of wins. But after that, the most important thing is building for next year.
0: I guess looking forward to meeting the squad now. You couldn't be with them last night. So um, I guess you'll meet them what, tomorrow.
4: Yeah, we'll meet them tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Um, we've got a few injuries, but um, I think everybody in the, the leagues are in the same position in regards to the amount of games that have been played. But I'm um, just looking to get right involved tomorrow night. I can't wait. Um, and uh, two games left, get them get them done. And then it's, it's preparation for next season.
0: How much of a job have you got on your hands there? Do you think, um, you know, from what Davey Hines has said, a lot of the boys will be out of contract. So is, is that a kind of blessing for you a little bit that you can then mould your own squad?
4: It's always difficult it? when when a manager's obviously brought in his own recruits, and it's um, I've obviously got my own ideas. So there's players that I definitely want to bring in, um, but I'm pretty sure in these next couple of games, these players want to show me that they they want to stay at a Couple of them maybe maybe don't, but we'll we'll soon find out. And I think it's maybe conversations to be had and a bit of work to be done to get to the bottom of everything, but. Um, There'll be boys there, I'm pretty sure, that want to play at Stenhouse Mir it's a good club.
0: Did you put uh, Swifty down as a manager back in the day, Stuart? Yeah, absolutely not, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. First of all, I think I've got to say, really disappointed that David Irons had lost his job. Uh, but as one person moves <laughs> on, another comes in, uh, and it's <laughs> Neil and I's former former player. Uh, first of all, many congratulations, Stephen. Uh, Thanks, yeah. uh, I think it's an outstanding appointment by Muir I really do. Uh, what Stephen's achieved in the last few years at BSC has been miraculous, especially with the Scottish Cup runs uh, and his league position uh, in the Lowland League. So, absolutely thrilled. Uh, he shows a great deal of enthusiasm, uh, works hard at the game, uh, both in in shaping the players up and the tactical side of it, and I've no doubt his enthusiasm will rub off uh, onto the players uh, up at Stenhousemere, so I wish him the very, very best of luck. Uh, Did I think he would be a manager? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, right? Probably not, uh, but... Again, you know what he, what he achieved for Neil Watton, myself, you know, eighteen years ago, was miraculous then. Never mind what his achievements have been at BSC. So uh, I hope he can replicate what he did for us as a player. Uh, it'll certainly, be uh, it'll not be a lack of effort. I can assure you that.
0: I remember talking to you before the the Hibs Cup game with BSC uh, last season and you talking about how determined you were to do the best you could as a manager, how excited are you by the opportunity? And, and there's going to be stenos Muir fans maybe wondering what kind of, what they can expect from you. What, what kind of Stenhouse Muir team would you like to, to put out there? Maybe it's too late just now for this season, but next season.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think uh, my style was, is, was clear to see when I was at BSC, and I'll try and, replicate that as what Stuart said, um, and bring bring the same kind of philosophies to to Stenhouse Muir, which is hard work first and foremost. Um, we'll have a model where we'll look to we'll look, definitely go and look to play, go and um, keep the ball and dominate as much a big portion of the game as we can. Um, We'll look for runners in behind, we'll look for, try and get a focal point striker, um, which everybody's kind of looking for and just try to hold it up um, and obviously get goals. But I think everybody will just, uh, we, my kind of main thing is that intensity of the players and that, that kind of pressing and winning the ball back. I think that's that's my probably biggest identity um, when, when I go and, go and manage and I demand off the players. Um, So they'll they'll definitely um, expect that. But I think I've just got to go in, obviously make sure there's there's good uh, standards instilled within the club, first and foremost, and create a good culture. And I think from that, when you do that, everything becomes easier because the senior players start to lead um, and everything follows in um, from there. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I think it's something that myself, Razor Wright, Michael Moore, um, we're relishing, but I think we're, we're really confident that we can make Muir a real force next
0: year. Stuart when we had uh, Swifty on it um, on, on one of the earlier episodes, everybody who's listened to it always mentions the impression that he did of you. I just wondered what you thought of it. Did you think it? Do you think it's quite an accurate impersonation of your voice? You mean that was of me, Gareth? <laughs> I, I, I really think it was overrated, to be
1: totally honest. <laughs> uh, it, it was the impression he did as an overlapping right-back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, occasionally, occasionally he got that right. But uh, the final was, ball, more time exactly. Well,
4: match. you know, Big Mike Moore had a nickname for me for that. Do you know that, Gareth? As that, yeah, Stuart said, I was great at overlapping. I was probably the fittest guy in the league's. But he called me the white I got. He's like, what the he <laughs> ah, yeah. I, I got couldn't cross
1: it. I got one a few league titles and played for his country, yeah. so I think you're getting carried away a wee bit there, you know. <laughs> uh, but, no, l- l- listen, the, 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 along with Fraser and Michael Moore, I mean, obviously, I know the three guys uh, better than most. uh the the, the people's skills that they've got their man management uh, it'll be a happy environment uh, to play for for them at Muir. Uh I think I think credit goes to the Stenhousemuir board for obviously when when David was leaving the club that they had the foresight to go and do something different it would have be, been a wee bit easy to go and get the tried and trusted but the the the, the They've went and got Stephen uh, from BSC, uh, and he talks about standards and that, he's, he's been well versed uh, in, in, in the standards that's expected in football, uh, and I've absolutely no doubts that if it all comes together, everybody will enjoy it at Stenhouse Muir. Bearing in mind the competition each year gets more difficult, you know, intense with Edinburgh City, Stranraer, Stirling are all trying to get out of division uh, along with Queen's Park. And then you've got uh, the second place team, be it Dumbarton or Clyde. Uh, trying to kind of remain in League One so uh, it, it's it's going to be difficult either way you look at it but I certainly wish him the very best of luck and he knows where I am if he ever needs anything
0: Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us uh, Stephen tonight and as Stewart said we hope, hope things go well at uh yeah. any- Thank and- you, thanks guys, cheers,
2: cheers.
0: Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern Manager you listen to Down the Divisions now, here's Roach's roundup with Kilburnie side assistant boss Des Roach.
5: Thanks, Gareth. We start at the top of the country and in the Highland League. Forest mechanics gaffer Charlie Rowley, well, he successfully retained the vast majority of his squad ahead of the new season. He has also added 20 year old Rory Fraser. The young defender joins with experience of coming through the youth ranks at Ross County. Over at Fort Martin United, they have decided not to offer new terms to veteran defender Craig McEwen. This is despite the stalwart having played every minute of every game this past season. The 36-year-old is still hungry to keep playing and feels that he has at least another couple of seasons in the legs. Coming down the country slightly and things are showing signs of moving quick like Montrose. They have clinched the much sought-after signing of University of Stirling skipper Craig Brown. The midfielder is currently on loan at Elgin and recently spent a week on trial at David Martindale's Livingston, with other options also on the table. However, the Gable Indies reputation for developing youth, has seen Brown pen a two-year deal. If the name sounds a bit familiar, then look no further than ex-Scotland boss Craig Brown. He is Craig Jr's grandfather. Big shoes and big steps to follow there. Down in the south end of the country, in the Lowland League, Berwick Rangers will have announced that Kevin Waugh will depart Shealfield for a move to Ainsley Park in Spartans. After two years at the club. However, the VGRs have announced that both Kieran Somerville and Grant Nelson have agreed two year extensions, along with pre contracts for Scott taylor mckenzie and Kean Heaps. This has added to nine others from last year committing again. Ian Little is also eager to build well and build early. In the West of Scotland League, New England afternoon manager Mick McCann has begun his build from scratch squad by re signing six ex players from Mass Exodus that moved to St Caddox last year. Included among them is Ekstrin Ra, Dumbarton, Hawkeye like Talbot, and ex-Scotland Junior International Craig Pettigrew. Pettigrew is a fantastic player who on his day is still able to control a game from defence. That's enough for me this week and enjoy the rest of your week. I'm Chris Jardin, first team coach at Dalbiti Star. You're listening to Down the Divisions.
0: Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. This week's club has won the Scottish Cup three times but hasn't won it for 140 years. They were founders of the Scottish Football League. World War Two forced them to join the junior ranks and they won their sole Scottish Cup in the 1950s. So
3: they've not won the Scottish Cup for three years. Uh, for uh, 140 years.
1: You weren't very good at maths, you did say, right enough. Uh, yeah. Can, can I jump in there before Kieran takes the, the answer? You know, is it Vailly Levin? You're good. How did you get that? Google. No, i It was actually, Vailly Levin <laughs> was in my mind, Third Lanark was in my mind.
3: Obviously, obviously Third Lanark or Queen's Park?
1: Uh, and Queen's Park were obviously in my mind. But I then went back, Vailly leaving, it was the same time Dumbarton are 150 years, I think, next year. So, that then made me think of leaving now. Something about Dumbarton sharing a league title with Rangers the very first time got me
0: thinking that kind of way, so there you go. Very good, very good. Kieran, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Awesome. And, uh, we hope you're hope you back in, in the game soon as well.
3: Thank you very much for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure to chat to you.
0: Thanks for, thanks for being with us as well tonight, Stuart. Thank you, Gareth. And also thanks to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions.